This is USA Takedown, the best guess. All the hot news and predictions on combat sports of wrestling and MMA with your host, the true American, Scott Casper. Connect with him now on social media and check out usatakedown.com. Now it's time for USA Takedown. Our guests from the um, Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline today We'll, we'll talk with Carter Fusek about his commitment to Iowa State. This is a real strong get for Kevin, uh, Coach Dresser, and uh, we're going to talk with this young man. He has an opportunity to become a four-time state champion here in Iowa. Dan Russell will be joining us live from Amman, Jordan. There's something you didn't think you'd ever hear, right? Amman, Jordan? Yeah, so we're going to hook up with uh, Dan Russell. He's been charged uh, by the king of... Jordan to put together, assemble a women's wrestling team that can compete on a international level. And I think that's pretty darn cool. So we'll talk with Dan, Marty Morgan, the past uh, assistant head coach at the university of Minnesota, long tenure there, great wrestling family. One of the first families, of the sport, Marty Morgan will be joining us from Minneapolis. Frank Beasley is going to be joining us as we head out to Fairfax, Virginia, and the uh, home of George Mason University. So Frank Beasley, the head coach there, will be joining us. But we start the program today. I believe we're heading right to Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, And no, I'm not going to be there. So, Joe, you'll have to eat all the cookies all by yourself. Good morning. How are you? Doing well. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Steady told me you weren't coming. So (laughs) I was bummed I didn't have to bring cookies to you because I would have ate a few of myself. I know it. I know it. No, that's... uh, she does make very good cookies. Are you indeed in Lincoln today? No, I'm flying out here in a few minutes, so okay. I'm just getting ready to head to the airport. It's an interesting year. This is, um, especially Greco, I think. There's some incredible matchups coming up for us. Uh, T- Tokyo Olympians, Giangelo Hancock, Ildar Hafizov, and Alejandro Sancho will all compete in Lincoln this weekend. I know that they're probably doing some kind of... Uh, uh, you know, practicing safe procedures in terms of di- social distancing, masks, and things like that. What do you know about that, Joe? Yeah, you know, this COVID craziness is still with us. So I think in, in Lincoln, Nebraska, in the county there, they have a mask mandate. So you'll have to be masked up to watch the event. But I still think, like you said, there's going to be some unbelievable action, some some great competitors going after trying to make the world team, the world championships early, early October in Norway. So getting our team together kind of late because of the Olympics, but uh, it's going to be a crazy great weekend. And one cool thing is like uh military can get in free on, on the, uh, on Saturday to the event. So excited to have a lot of our, our military people in the venue watching the, the guys and girls compete for the world championships. Uh, I, won- I wonder if they're going to be coming in from Offutt air force base right outside of uh, Omaha. I bet they are. I bet they are. Yeah, hey, I don't know. I, I hope a bunch of them show up. So I think it'll be a great tribute to them on 9-11. Oh, no doubt. No doubt indeed. You're listening to us on 1350 ESPN. It's Scott Casper along with uh, Gables in the studio today. Did you ever think Gable would be calling you? <laughs> that was a nice surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong Gable. <laughs> anyway. There's a lot of good Gables now. We got a, another Olympic champ named Gable, so pretty exciting. I tell you what, there, there's a lot of gables, there's a lot of kales out there, and, uh, yes. you know, everything goes in cycles, but I can't imagine a whole lot of Scots out there running around, driving everybody <laughs> crazy. Hey, we're coming to you live from the Wild Rose Casino Studios. Kind of a cool day. We're going to be talking with your brother, Dan, um, live from Amman, Jordan, 
and I don't know how you communicate with him. Did you FaceTime and, and, uh, or Skype or how do you communicate with your brother? Yeah, we do a lot of uh, WhatsApp is what we use a lot because you can call for free and video chat for free. And then I follow him on Facebook a lot because he's real active on there. So that's how I keep up to date with what he's doing. But him and his wife, Joy, are doing great things in Amman, Jordan, and with Wrestling for Peace and, and I think making a big impact. And I think our, our sport can can do great things for others. And, and with Dan living in the Middle East, he's at a great location to kind of go different places, do different things, and really help our Sport grow and and uh, the wrestling for peace is a great organization. I agree. Um, you know, he told me a story though about you know so many different places around the Middle East that uh, hold significance for the sport. One of them is the spot where Jacob wrestled the angel of the Lord, and uh, that I'm, I knew he was probably just so excited to stand there and and be that close to uh, you know religious history. Did he tell you about that? Yeah, no, I find it amazing. Just you know, all the stuff you've read about for years is is right there, and a lot of uh, history is right there. And it's it's he's taking advantage of it. I know. I see him him and Joy traveling all over the place, and uh, you know, taking people to visit places, and they're just doing a great job, and really have really become part of the community there, and and the wrestling community, and and just in general. And it's been fun to see the successes they are having because I think they're making an impact for for a lot of people. I couldn't agree more. Joe Russell, our guest, he's live from uh, Colorado Springs on his way to Lincoln, Nebraska. But Joe, let's get into um, the job, okay? You were hired as manager of freestyle programs by USA Wrestling. That uh, means you get to work closely with freestyle head coach Bill Zadick and uh, I I think it's a terrific move for you and your family. How, How have you been enjoying it? Yeah, it's one of those jobs where I pinch myself all the time thinking, man, is this a dream? Because I get to work with the best of the best. And Bill Zadick's a, a great leader for the program. And really my job is I just do whatever Bill Zadick or Kevin Jackson tell me to do. So uh, just making sure, you know, moving Bill's vision forward for USA Wrestling and the men's freestyle program. And it's just been a blast. And the athletes right now are, are so fun to work with. And, you know, they're, they're pretty good wrestlers. But as Bill always says, they're pretty good wrestlers, but they're even better people. And so it's fun to be around a group that are trying to be the best in the world and just first-class people. Yeah, first-class indeed. I want to take you back to uh, a visit I had with you at George Mason. Um, you led that program to 41 dual meet victories. There was a time when that program was slated to be axed, and uh, you were able to prove out that you could do it and do it affordably and still have great performance, uh, both academically and on the mat. Talk to us a little bit about your time at George Mason. What did you take away? Yeah, for me, it was a, a great growing time. You know, to be a head coach of a Division One program is, is different than what I'd been. I've been an assistant for a lot of years. And to see a program that kind of was, you know, a long ways away from where it needed to be and trying to dig the roots deep so long after I was dead and gone, the program would be there and be strong and, and worked real hard to try and build it. But there's a lot of great alumni in the area. There's support from the administration. And, and you know, Frank Beasley's really taking it to another level. But just amazing watching the fundraising success they're having and, and the excitement they're building. And so it's, for me, it's, it's something that will always be important to me, you know, because I was there as a head coach. It, it's special to you and you want to see it grow and, and, and do great, great things. And I think it's definitely on a path of, upward mobility and and i think you know frank's leadership he's doing great things and taking it to another level 
I want to uh, wor- um, read a, a a paragraph to you that is directly attributed to Bill's attic. Okay, and I, then I okay. want your take on this. He says, as much as wrestling experience that Joe has, he also has a very unique personality, character, and integrity, and he's going to be a tremendous asset to our wrestling program. What were your thoughts when you saw that? Well, you know, it's very flattering and gives you something to live up to, kind of a high standard you want to live up to. So, you know, I've known Bill for, well, since he was a kid, so as crazy as it is, we've had a a long relationship, and it's just a joy and honor for me to, to work with him, and he's a man of character man of integrity so it makes it pretty easy to come to work and 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 want to push forward his plan for usa wrestling so uh i i'm honored to work with him and i appreciate you know uh things he kind words he has for me i guess (laughs) well you've been put in a position where you were able to uh coach for the u.s cadet greco-roman world team in 99 and 2013 but also you coached three junior Pan Am championship teams in freestyle and Greco in the calendar years of 2002, 2004, and 2014. That's a world of experience. You're dealing with, uh, like you said earlier, high-level athletes. And your leadership experiences include uh, coaching Team USA during international freestyle dual meets against Germany in 97 and Cuba in 99. Have Have you been to Cuba? No, it's one of the countries I really want to go to. So I haven't been to Cuba or, or Iran yet. So I'm hoping to get to those countries just because the amount of great wrestlers they put out and how important it is in their country. So I'm hoping to get there. But with this new job at USA Wrestling, do spend a lot of time overseas and had some amazing experiences. In fact, in 19, before the, the pandemic, they sent me to Russia on four different trips in one year. So it was a little, a little crazy there. But it's been a like I said, it's just an amazing experience. And, you know, being at the Olympics this year was so exciting to watch those guys compete and, and do great things. And they'll let me sit in a few corners. So that made it a lot of fun, too. So being having the best seat in the house to watch the guys compete was a blast. You were able to learn from then head coach Jay Robinson at the University of Minnesota. But you, you were by his side. You were one of the top recruiters in the country. Um and I got to believe that, you know, you still have that friendship strong, is it? Yes, for sure. For sure. When I get a chance to visit with Jay, it's, it's always a blessing. And he's been a big mentor for me for a lot of years. And, and I know you're having Marty Morgan on the program later. We spent a lot of years together as wrestled together, then coached together with Jay for a lot of years. So those <laughs> two, for sure, Marty and Jay had a huge impact on me. And, and Mark Schwab and I were together for a lot of years, too, at Minnesota. And That's right. Those guys had a huge impact on my career and our kind of why I'm sitting in the seat I am today is a lot because of the mentorship of those, 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 those three guys. What was the year, Joe, and help me out. What was the year that uh, Minnesota came into Iowa city and actually won the national championship? It was the first national championship for Minnesota in 2001, uh, where we had no finalists. Nobody made the finals, but all 10 guys were all Americans, which has never happened before or since. And it was kind of a, uh, disappointing because nobody got their individual goals but the fact they wrestled for each other and came back on that saturday and and clinched the title and and won it for each other makes it real special that it was really a a team team effort and the team had to come together for each other even though they're disappointed and and because of that they did something very special for themselves that they can keep forever you know brandon slay was there i don't know if you recall that but in the lower level of the then holiday in downtown i remember seeing him 
walking up to him, I said, I got, I got something for you. And I gave him a hug. He hugged me back, thankfully. But dude was, yeah, he, I still don't think he knows how strong he is. <laughs> I'm severely yeah, bruised. He's still doing great things as a coach now. So it's, it's, you can spend time with him because he's got a lot of great athletes with him right now. Well, he was, I think, uh, like you benefited from your relationship with, uh, Jay Rob, but he was, you know, benefiting from the relationship with, uh, Roger Reyna. Yep. Yep. And they're back together working together. So Roger's now the head coach again at Penn and, and Slay runs their RTC program. So it's, it's a good relationship those ha- two have, and they're doing great things. What are you, what is your take? Um, you were there in Tokyo. What was your takeaway from Tokyo besides, uh, as a, as a team, male and female, we had incredible performances, came home with a truckload of medals, but what's your big takeaway from Tokyo? Yeah, I, I think it was just uh, a great summer for the team coming together. You know, they didn't have the typical Olympic experience. They didn't go to the opening ceremonies. They went, didn't go to the Olympic Village. They were really locked down, which is hard, but they did a good job of coming together. And we spent a couple weeks in the mountains, uh, about a four- or five-hour drive outside of Tokyo in a training camp, and I think things went great there. Then we went into Tokyo. We had, you know, in our hotel, we had our set our own training site up in there where we had mats in the hotel, and I think just, being alone together and they came together and to see, okay, we did some things right, getting ready for this, for this tournament that, uh, you know, you saw the success on the mat. So it was real positive, but just a great group of people coming together and, and finding a way to get it done. You know, going in, you're not sure, you know, we're doing it right. You know, you don't know what the other rest of the world's been doing because they've been so isolated for so long. So you're just hoping you're making the right decisions. And I think, when it was all said and done, we're like, yeah, we, we made a lot of good decisions during this pandemic. So, uh, I think for the athletes, for the coaches, for, you know, USA wrestling or just wrestlers in America, we're, we're doing some good things. And so that's a positive for, for wrestling in the United States. You know, we take a look at what's, what will take place tomorrow. And that is, uh, time for us to remember those that lost their life on nine 11 in New York city. Uh, recently there were two heroes, McCollum and Soviak, two past USA wrestling members that were killed in the Afghanistan terrorist attack. You know, it seems like we can't go too far without being touched by tragedy. And, uh, these are two fine examples of great Americans. And, um, I gotta tell you, Joe, you know, it seems like USA wrestling, we go back to Pat Tillman, and, uh, and so many others that have lost their life around the world, they all had one thing in common, that singlet, the opportunity to wrestle for Team USA. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, a ton of respect for what our soldiers do for us and just, you know, can't thank them enough for all they do. And it's, uh, you know, always been amazing to me uh, when, we, when you go to a military base or when you talk to people, so many people have a wrestling background that are successful in our military and doing great things for us in the you know, the loss of life is something you can never get past as a family, and we don't ever want to forget what they've done for us. And, uh, you know, for me personally, just, just very thankful for what they've done and, and, and uh, you know, honored to represent them when we go to championships and represent the United States of America and our flag and, and appreciate what our soldiers are doing for us to, to give us the opportunity to go compete in a, a sport that's a lot of fun. You've been able to coach um, so many big guys, okay? Uh, the most recent is Gable Stevenson. I know you didn't actually coach him, 
at the University of Minnesota, but he just signed a huge deal with the uh, the WWE while at the same time maintaining that he will be remaining for one more year at least with Minnesota. Um, <laughs> between him and uh, uh, Tamira Mensah-Stock, you know, I think the future looks bright for Team USA. As a matter of fact, I saw a former Duke wrestler, um, Casper. Yeah, that was it. He 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 uh, made his debut on WWE TV, and let me tell you something: that dude can go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I was actually texting with him yesterday, just congratulating him on the success he's having in the WWE, and you know, super excited for Gable. I'm I'm you know as a coach for Team USA and. As an alum of the University of Minnesota, I'm super happy he's going to keep the keep wrestling in college, and hopefully we can get him to wrestle some more freestyle. But um, you know, it's his lifelong dream to be in the WWE, and he signed, and he's making his dreams come true. So super excited for him, and the fact he's going to wrestle in college this year, I think, is great for for college wrestling because there's going to be a lot of fans that'll be wanting to follow him in the WWE. Well, now they have to follow him on the Big Ten Network for a few more months. So I think you know there'll be more people watching the, on TV or Hopefully they'll get more butts in the seats at, at events at Minnesota. So I think what he's doing for for college wrestling is huge as well. And you, bet. Uh, you know, I'm gonna try and twist his arm to do a little more freestyle. But he's a blast to be around. I was very honored to to sit in his corner behind Brandon Agam at the Olympics and watch him win, win that Olympic title in amazing fashion and something that he can, you know, inspire generations with the way he won that match and well the way he dominated the whole tournament with the the final match was amazing. Getting those two takedowns in 13 seconds, that just doesn't happen. But but he made it happen. So very happy for Gable, and, and he's a really good young man who's going to do great things. Well, this weekend belongs to USA Wrestling. Joe Russell's been our guest. Uh, if you have time and would like to see great wrestling action, check out Lincoln, Nebraska. It's the 2021 Senior World Team Trials. And uh, i got to tell you, these guys are wrestling – and gals are wrestling for the opportunity to compete in the world championships in Oslo, Norway, October 2nd through the 10th. Joe, we appreciate the time. Best to Sadie. And, uh, you figure out a way to get me those cookies. I'm, I'm serious. You could just ship them if you want. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. I appreciate you having me on and we need to get you some cookies. <laughs> Amen, brother. Have fun in Lincoln, Joe. Yeah, have a great day. All right. You too, buddy. Joe Russell, a, a dear friend and, and what an asset he is. Uh, to our sport. My goodness sakes. All right, do me a favor. Stay tuned. There's more as we come to you live from the Wild Rose Casino Studios. It's USA Takedown. Scott Casper. It's where the legends live. We'll be back. This is ESPN Radio. More coverage of wrestling and MMA continues after this timeout here on USA Takedown, only on 1350 ESPN. Des Moines Sports Leader. All right, welcome back. This is USA Takedown from the Wild Rose Casino Studios of 1350 ESPN Des Moines. This portion of our program brought to you by Hear.com. Great hearing aids, incredible prices, and outstanding customer service. I guarantee it. If you want to check them out, I encourage you to do so online. Hear.com forward slash Casper. And that's for uh, even better pricing. How about that? It's also by Northwestern Mutual and Wild Rose Casino and Resorts, PBS Landscaping, Mullet's Restaurant on Des Moines Southside, where, let me tell you something, if you just want to eat a great meal and don't want to spend a lot of money, get the hash browns. They're going to fill you up so quickly. It's amazing. 
Also by our friends at Defense Soap. They are the ones that sponsor our Newsmaker Hotline. And on that hotline right now, we head to Fairfax, Virginia, the head coach of George Mason, Frank Beasley. Frank, good morning. How are you? Doing great. How about yourself, Scott? Good. Uh, are you heading to Lincoln? Uh, I am not going to be able to make it to Lincoln this weekend. Uh, you've seen so much wrestling. And you know what? I think you and I became friends when you were at Binghamton. Is that about right? Uh, I think it goes back even further. I remember uh, you coming out to Bloomsburg when I was first coaching back in, what was that, 2006 or seven. Oh, wow. Yes, you're right. It seems like <laughs> there's been so much coverage of the sport over the years, and we've done so many different things. Uh, we kind of forget where the timeline is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, uh, it all blurs together, but, uh, you know, appreciate Appreciate you and all you do for wrestling. You've been a great friend to me and so many others over the years in, in, in the sport. How is Brad Edwards still the um, director of athletics at, at uh, George Mason? Yes, sir, he is. Okay. He's the one that hired you, right? Yeah. Yeah. What I don't even know what that's like going from uh, NC State to uh, one of the largest universities of its kind at George Mason, but uh, I love the campus. Um, I was pleased to be there to announce and do broadcasts from there. But um, how has it been for you? It's a very, very busy part of the country, especially right by the Beltway. It's great. I, I love it. I grew up in a small town of a 1,000 people on a little farm, and uh, it's quite a bit different than that, I'll tell you that. But it's it's great. Um, you know, I live in in the suburbs it's easy to get anywhere i've got access to anything i could ever want to do at any time it's a short distance a quick car ride to any kind of food or event um it's perfect you know i've got a young family a seven-year-old and four-year-old and they they love the area there's just so much to do and see and you know from a historic standpoint with all the museums and everything it's it's you know free and easy uh to learn a lot see a lot to do a lot and just a great place and you know the biggest thing is the people here uh just so many great people at the university so couldn't be happier and uh we certainly love it here okay so frank tell me how how far uh distance is it um from uh, your front door of the program right your front door to dc and uh, the white house uh so from my door it's probably about 20 miles 21 miles to the to the white house i'm 13 minutes to work 13 minutes to work 13 minutes to work for me uh, to the field house. So on a bad day, that can get to 15 on a really bad day. So if I hit all the lights wrong, but, you know, that's that's a misconception of, you know, the traffic here is in Fairfax. I live in Centerville, but in Fairfax, Centerville, it's not bad at all. It's easy to, to get to and from. I, I, I don't fight traffic. Now, if I lived in D.C., I, I would uh, I'd have a different story there, but I, I don't think I'm cut out to actually live in the city. I was driving. That's a whole different way of life. I was staying at the uh, the Keybridge Hotel, okay? Okay. Yep. Right by the, what, Francis Scott Key? Uh, so it's called the Keybridge Hotel. I could not figure out how to get to the next level down to get on the freeway. I kept going around in a circle. Because the traffic was horrendous. And I got to tell you, I finally saw this little tiny sign. And I followed that little tiny sign down uh, onto the on-ramp and, and finally made it. But it took about a half hour. <laughs> oh, jeez. And I'm a pretty good driver. It's just, <laughs> that's a lot of cars, a lot of moving parts. 
our guest, Frank Beasley, head coach of George Mason. And we brought up Brad Edwards uh, just a few minutes ago. Uh, I want to read to you a quote he had about you, okay? Okay. He has a great progressive coaching career and is respected as one of the top recruiters and youngest coaches in the sport. Uh, first of all, top recruiter. You are indeed just that. Who taught you how to recruit? Uh, I've, I've been fortunate to have a lot of great mentors. You know, it started with John Stutzman at, at Bloomsburg and, uh, you know, and then Pat Popolizio obviously had a bit, big influence on me as well. And they've, they've got things rolling at NC State. Um, but those are two of the two of them um, inside the sport. I have a lot of mentors outside the sport that have, uh, have helped me a lot. But I, I think the biggest thing in recruiting is just building relationships. And, and I've been fortunate to have some good mentors that have taught me to build quality relationships. And, and that's a big part of it. Having been in the offices there that uh, uh, you and the other coaches share, I remember walking into the office. I believe it was Joe Russell at the time. But I, I remember um, a filing cabinet. On top of the filing cabinet was a huge pile of boxes of shoes. Do you still have those? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we, we we have a ton of gear, that's for sure. But, yep. uh, yeah, no, we uh, Adidas takes good care of us, and we have more gear than we know what to do with a lot of times. So these guys get hooked up pretty well. You know, we can appreciate that. Adidas is a great company, Tommy and Tommy and the gang over there doing good things in Pennsylvania. All right, so the potential of uh, wrestling uh, a women's team, for example, we're going to have Dan Russell on to talk about the King of Jordan asking him to assemble a a women's wrestling team. What are your thoughts on, on uh, the potential to have a women's team at George Mason? Yeah, I think it's great. You know, it's obviously an emerging sport with the NCAA, and I think, you know, any time that we can provide opportunities, it, it's a great thing. Um, you know, those decisions are a little higher than me, but, you know, we are in full support of women's wrestling. We've been looking at adding a women's division to our, the tournament that we host here, uh, the uh, Arm Software Patriots Open, um, and that's something we want to do in the future to provide more opportunities for the for the female wrestlers. i got a, a daughter that, that wrestles, and, you know, it's uh, we, we want to support women's wrestling in any way that we can. How old is she? She is four, and she is just getting started. <laughs> so she, her older brother wrestles, so she wants to wrestle, and and you know we are all for it. Well, how much fun is that? I think it's terrific. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's you're great. at you're at a very special place, you know, historically, uh, but also, I remember when Joe came to that program, he had to resurrect the program and start soliciting. Uh, the many uh, donors and sponsors that could really help the program. How has it been for you? Well, thanks to Joe, it, he he laid a great foundation for me, and and uh, it made it my job a whole lot easier. You know, Joe did a great job, you know, uh, building it back and and getting a lot of people on board with with what he was doing, and and uh, like I said, just laid a great foundation. And and there's there's a not a better human being out there than Joe Russell. So obviously he built some great relationships here and did a great job kind of setting the table for, for us and made our, our lives a lot easier. We're talking with uh, Frank Beasley. He's the head coach of the Patriots of George Mason in Fairfax, Virginia. I want to take you back to 2015, 2016. You're coaching of the Wolfpack 
uh, allowed them to compete for and win the ACC championship that year. How fond is that memory? That is great. I, uh, you know, we're, we're fortunate to have some success there and they've, they've continued to, to build and develop. And, uh, you know, I, I have a great, a lot of great relationships still with them and talk to Pat, talk to Adam and Timmy, you know, Kevin Jack recently being added to staff was great to see is fortunate to coach him on those teams. And, and so, uh, yeah, I, I have fond memories. We went on vacation this summer to, to the Outer Banks of North Carolina and we came back through and spent a couple of days in Raleigh to visit everybody. So, you know, it has a special place in my heart. Those were some fun years and both of my children were born there and, and, uh, you know, love, love all those people there. Um, I know you have some international experience. Do you have any uh, desire to continue coaching on the international level, or is that something and part of the responsibility of being a head coach of a Division One program? Uh, both, both. I mean, it is part of the responsibility. I was fortunate to to be part of the coaching staff um, out there uh, for the World Championships, uh, you know, and came down to Snyder winning uh, over Sedgeliev for us to win fortunate to be able to be the personal coach for Nick Wazowski out there and, and be part of that staff. So that was a lot of fun. Um, had some other trips overseas, uh, something I look forward to doing. Uh, but, but really my biggest passion is coaching the college age students. Um, I, I love coaching the senior level guys, but my, my real passion is that 18 to 23 year old college student that you can really mold their life and um, more than, you know, just kind of help them advance to the next level. And so uh I do enjoy that, but that's that's not something I I want to do full time in the future. I want to you know stay at the college level, and and I, I certainly enjoy that and 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 have fun with it. All right, let's play the name game, okay? Sounds good. And we'll reference the Tokyo Olympic Games, and I'll say Thomas Gilman. What comes to mind? Just toughness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'll never forget him making the World Finals that year, and I believe 2017. Uh, it was a huge part of it. A lot of people thought he was coming from nowhere. He, you know, was a little bit banged up at the camp and, you know, there's some questions on his health at that, at that point. He was, he was kind of hurting and went out there and just, that, that's a tough son of a gun. Mm-hmm. How about Kyle Dake? Kyle Dake's phenomenal, you know, and, and he's somebody that thinks outside the box and, you know, has really evolved himself and, you know, he has some different unique training methods and I think it's great. And I think it's great for the sport to, uh, you know, constantly be evolving, and he's he's one of the people at the forefront of that right now. Sponsored by Milwaukee Tool, I think that's I think they give him a truck every year, don't they? I think they do. That's I pretty so. <laughs> yeah, I could use a new truck, <laughs> Milwaukee Tools. All right, David Taylor winning the gold medal at eighty six kilos. He's just one of the most fun people to watch because of his relentless attacking style, and and there's just so much to learn from him. You know, one of the one of the really unique things that I like about him is the club that he runs. Uh, you know, he's not just in name at the club; he's at those tournaments coaching those kids. And we have some kids that went through his club that, you know, the the thing they say is he's involved. He's involved in every aspect. He coaches them. He knows all the kids. He it's not just a couple of good kids, but he's in, he's involved in that while he's competing at that level, and that that says a lot about you know how he feels about those kids and and the care that he has for them. Very much a down to earth individual, I can tell you that. David, yeah, Taylor. there's no doubt. All right, so next up, Kyle Snyder, silver medalist at 97 kilos. Yeah, he's he's phenomenal. You know, great human being, does all the right things. You know, true belief right there. 
you know, somebody that really does believe in themselves and believes they can accomplish anything at any time. You know, I remember, uh, people challenging him to just outrageous things. And, uh, you know, the, I remember on, on that 2017 trip that, you know, Zadok had to stop him from, you know, they, they're like, you can't, you know, run a hundred miles this week before, you know, the world's and he was ready to go do it, you know? And it was almost like, because he, he just, you know, believes he can will himself to do anything. And that's a, a unique thing. And, you know, having that just sets him apart from just about anybody. And finally, the gold medal goes to Gable Stevenson at 125. What are your thoughts on Gable uh, signing with um, uh, the WWE as well, an NIL agreement? i got to believe that's just the first step. But uh, very, very much out there, very strong, exceedingly athletic. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think it's great. I mean, obviously, it's something he's wanted to do for a long time and since pretty public knowledge that you know he's always wanted to go that route you know watching wwe uh when i was a child what got me into wrestling so uh you know i have an appreciation for it i think he's gonna be phenomenal at it i think he's gonna you know really take off um obviously i, I was rooting for gwizdowski i'm, I'm a nick gwizdowski fan <laughs> and always will be uh so you know it hurt me to to see nick lose to him in, in the trials finals um but you know obviously it was just phenomenal. Gable went out and cleaned up and, you know, what he did to a uh, really is what impressed me more than, you know, the finals match with Petrus Vili. Uh, just very impressive. And, you know, he's on a level of his own at this point. Mm, couldn't agree more. And, and by the way, of those we mentioned all, but Stevenson accepted their automatic bids to the 2021 world championships, leaving only six weights to be contested this weekend. It's going to be an exciting weekend to be in Lincoln. Uh, Joe Russell's heading there right now. And uh, I got to tell you, there's going to be a lot of eyes on Lincoln, Nebraska, either uh, on the stream or uh, in person. I'm pretty excited about this one. I'm, I'm sure you would agree. <laughs> oh, I, I can't wait to watch it. We're, we're uh, going to have the team over on Sunday to, and uh, have a little bit of a you know, get-together uh, team meal and, and watch it together. So we're excited. Where is Odin, Illinois? It's in the middle of nowhere. It's an uh, hour east of uh, St. Louis metro area, hour north of Carbondale, a couple hours south of Springfield. Um, little farm town, and uh, you know, not not much around. It's about an hour to the closest mall. So, uh, like I said, I grew up on a little little farm there, and a uh, little little different than being in Fairfax. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Okay, so you you put up your 90 collegiate wins with, uh, gosh, with nearly half of your 90 collegiate wins, you you did so by pin. Um, I I still want to go back and watch you wrestle, and I don't know if do you do you ever Google search yourself? I I don't know. I, I can't <laughs> say that I have. I think I'm old enough that there there aren't too many uh, videos of me out there. Just film. <laughs> I, I have the uh, the old films where, you know, it was the camera with the, the tape inside that you'd then put into a tape to put in the VCR. That's what I remember recording on. i tell you what, I've got so many VHS tapes, but I don't have any machine to play them on. <laughs> exactly. I'm just try to find the same one. issue here. <laughs> it's always good to talk to you, Frank. Continued success at George Mason. You're doing good things. 
and uh, for all the right reasons. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, but do me a favor, stay in touch so we can get you on the show a little more often. Absolutely. Appreciate you having me. You betcha. There goes Frank Beasley, head coach, George Mason Patriots. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to uh, attempt to hook up with Marty Morgan. Marty Morgan was the longtime assistant head coach at the University of Minnesota. I do believe he was made associate head coach uh, before Jay departed. And uh, so we'll talk and catch up with Marty Morgan. That's next on USA Takedown from the Wild Rose Casino Studio. Stay tuned. This is ESPN. All guests on USA Takedown appear on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. Two-time world champion Terry Brand said, we use it in our showers and in our room. Defense Soap, it's what the pros use. Hey, we couldn't do it without Barbarian Apparel, and I know Zach over at Stalemates uh, would agree. You know, when Joshua Sasfi and uh, his family put their mind to do something, they get it done. And Barbarian Apparel can get it done for you, too. Uniforms top to bottom uh, for clubs, for schools, individuals, doesn't matter. They'll take care of you at barbarianapparel.com. All right, I, I, I want you to think about this, Okay. 12 kids. That's our next guest is one of 12 kids. Think about this. Well, first, first of all, how do you feed them all? These are, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you know I mean, that's a lot of kids. He joins us now. This is Marty Morgan. Marty, where are you in terms of your brothers and sisters? Uh, were you first, second, third, fourth? Me, I'm uh, number 11. Number Really? So you're one of the youngest. Correct. <laughs> Welcome back, bud. It's good to talk to you. I'm always pleased to see your posts on Facebook. Uh, and I'm not sure if I see you on Twitter or not, but uh, you're still in touch with this sport. You're following what's going on. Uh, oh, yeah. Tokyo oh, yeah. Olympics, uh, Marty, were, were just, a, a, I think, a uh, precursor to uh, even better things as that team continues to gel. What are your thoughts on the United States uh, performance in Tokyo? Oh, it was incredible. I was able to watch quite a bit of it. You know, it's the way they had it uh, set up for, you know, the 9 to 11.30 at night. And you just had to get up a little bit early on those other days. But it was pretty incredible to watch. You know, I think anytime you squeeze uh, that many good athletes into six weight classes, you're going you're gonna to have some pretty outstanding individuals. Well, just like you, you came out of what, North Dakota, right? Minnesota. Let me see here. Wrestling in Minnesota. I went to North Dakota State for a year. There, so, there we go. Okay. <laughs> And then um, uh, University of Minnesota. I, how did how did it happen that you became the uh, head assistant coach for Jay Robinson? Well, so after I got done wrestling there, I, I stuck around. I trained for uh, Olympic level wrestling in the Gopher Wrestling Club, and then I uh, and then I just kind of jumped in on the staff, and then I held on. And, and Jay and I coached together there for about twelve years, um, from nineteen ninety six to two thousand eight. It's one of the most impactful uh, duos in the sport at the time, and uh, that's when I first knew that I didn't need to be afraid being around you. You're you're a scary dude, dude. <laughs> now, <laughs> Not sure what that is. <laughs> all right, so three-time uh, All-American, two-time NCAA finalist, national champ at seventy-seven. Um, you know, there's <laughs> you think about it. That's quite a, a a roster of achievements. You're recognized by the community uh, that uh, you served wrestling as as a uh, as a whole as one of the most notable uh, coaches during your tenure. 
uh, I know that it comes with hard work, but you're also is one of those guys that could absolutely see the future. And by that, I mean, you were able to recruit for what the needs of the school were, but, uh, you had a great teacher, um, you know, allowing you that access and that leeway to be able to do your job correctly. And that guy is Jay Robinson. What are your thoughts on Jay? Yeah, I think that's the thing is I was, I was fortunate to come through and wrestle for Jay and then, and then able to coach with him. And you, you learn a lot of the insides and outs of, of college coaching, wrestling, training, and then, and then recruiting. And, and we did have a, a good hold on recruiting because we were, we were recruiting at a program that, you know, we, the wrestling room uh, at Minnesota has just recently been upgraded into a nice facility. But prior to that, you know, it's always been down three floors down underneath the athletic department, <laughs> Yeah, you know, but, but we, you know, you did what you had to do there to win. And that's, that worked and that helped bring the kids in. I think the, the, um, program at Princeton, I think their wrestling room is actually like five floors below the surface <laughs> of the earth. And it's, yeah. <laughs> it's scary. You lose all sense of, of reality contact with the outside world is cut off. It's just awful. <laughs> okay. So I already said it. One of the most notable families in the sport, uh, your parents really, Jim and Oliver, they actually, uh, fostered you and your brothers, uh, in the sport. Um, what is the history of the Morgan, uh, family in terms of, um, you know, the, I guess we call it catch wrestling. All right. We've got that special coming up by Curran Jacobs on catch wrestling. It's called for the love of catch. And it talks about the early days of professional wrestling. Uh, where did your family start in the sport? Well, so my dad was a catch wrestler back in the early, uh, forties, you know, and into the fifties and him and, uh, him and my, my mom's brother, Red Bastine, who was a Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame member. You bet. They they both started out together as catch wrestlers, um, doing like a, it was basically at that time a carnival circuit, and and then once so once uh, my dad started having kids, you know, my three oldest brothers were all professional boxers, and then uh, me and my other two brothers, uh, we have six boys, me and my other two brothers end up getting switched into wrestling um, towards the end of uh, my career. My dad just got tired of being in the boxing world, and you know, there's a lot of a lot of different things that you have to be taken care of in there with promotion and management and stuff. So he, he switched us into wrestling and, and it was a good, you know, good switch for us as my brother, John, um, was an all uh, Olympian in 1988. My brother Gordy's Olympian in 1996. And then of course I, I did a lot of stuff in college wrestling and college coaching. So wrestling really helped out for us. And then my brother Gordy's kid's son, Ben had wrestled for both Nebraska and Minnesota. And then I've got, my son wrestling at Rowan is wrestling at the University of Minnesota. And my son Mannix is wrestling at North Dakota State. <laughs> and Quinn is a tenth grader, and he's wrestling in high school. So we've we've kept the tradition going uh, as far as wrestling in the family. <laughs> I'm gonna say, uh, my goodness sakes! I know your brothers John and Gordy were state champs at Kennedy, uh, and among all three brothers, I believe uh, a combined ten national Greco-Roman titles, competing in two Olympics, nine world championships. Um, I, you know, I want to ask you a, a question. It was just announced by the IOC that, uh, North Korea, uh, will be banned from competing in any Olympic level events because they did a no show, uh, at Tokyo. Did you hear about this? Uh, no, I don't even recall ever having a North Korean in any tournament. I wrestled the Korean before South Koreans, but I've never I've even seen a North Korean at a tournament. 
I'll have to find that for our number two. We're going to be talking with, uh, we already talked with Joe Russell, but we're going to be talking with Dan Russell coming up in our okay. number two. He's live in uh, Amman, Jordan. That's great. So Dan Russell and I used to wrestle all the way back in Joe to uh, when I was from Minnesota there from Oregon. We used to meet at the Youth National Tournament, and I wrestled them several times. And and uh, Joe was super intimidating, and you know couldn't even come close to scoring a point on him. And then and then Dan was the complete opposite. Dan would come over to me before the matches, and he would shake your hand and say, "This is going to be a great match. Let's have a lot of fun." And it would make you super nervous because you're like, <laughs> "What's wrong with this guy?" <laughs> the Russell brothers are great guys. <laughs> oh yeah, they are. And uh, he's doing some big things over there. It's interesting to watch the import of our sport around the world in various countries to see how much uh, you know these people believe in this sport. This in a lot of countries, wrestling is their state sport. It's like uh, the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball. I love that, and uh, I guess we're kind of jaded a little bit because we've been in the sport for so long. But you. Um, I believe it is your dad and Danny, are they both members of the Minnesota Boxing Hall of Fame? They are, yeah. My dad is a coach and then Danny as a as a fighter. Now you said that they kind of moved you into wrestling. Were you not wanting to box? I No, you know, we all we did box, the younger three of us we did box all the way up until fourteen or fifteen and my actually my brother John was uh runner up in the upper Midwest golden gloves as a red shirt when he was at North Dakota state. So he was, he took it a little bit further, but then at that point, you know, because we'd been introduced to wrestling and my dad had, um, he just kind of had enough of the boxing world. And he's like, well, this, this wrestling is great. You know, it's connected to a school. And, right. you know, I've always said that about mixed martial arts are great, but wrestling is the best because it's the only mixed martial arts that's connected to a school system. That's a fact. You know, which makes it a fantastic sport. After 20 years being a part of the University of Minnesota uh, wrestling program, you left in 2008. It had me scratching my head. But, in fact, you did that. You left to help former Gopher NCAA national champ Brock Lesnar as the head trainer in pursuit of his career in the UFC. Um, Looking back, you did four years with Brock. Uh, Was he easy to train? Was he easy to coach? Yeah, you know, we we always had a great relationship, you know, and he's an extremely hard worker, very diligent. If times were set to be somewhere to do something, he was never one to shy away from it. Always always very detailed in his training and it was a it was a great experience for, for both of us. We had a we had a really good time during that that time span. He went on to win the UFC heavyweight title and becoming the most uh one of the most entertaining fighters in UFC history. I saw him on television last night and he's got a big beard and then on top of it there's a rubber band holding up a little uh i don't even know what you call that kara do you know what they call that when you have that little like poof a, on top like a top knot and yeah that's it that's yeah. exactly it thank you <laughs> you can go home now <laughs> that is outstanding i'll see myself out yeah and now brock is a uh, what we call not a regular on wwe programming because he chooses not to be it's um it's not easy for anybody that's going to wrestle with him. He is so big and so strong. I remember going to Seven Flags, taking him with me as we went out to work out, and just standing next to him, you feel very, very small. I mean, that guy is huge. Right, mm. right. Well, he's been a huge draw in pro wrestling. Yes, for, he has. I mean, for everything, he's been a he's been a pay per view headliner now for over twenty years. It's it's pretty 
for about 20 years or so. It's pretty impressive. You know, one of my <laughs> favorites, one of my favorite gophers that you did coach, um, Cole Conrad. And I just, I was such a fan of his. Well, he went on to a fight career as well, going nine and zero in MMA and retired as the Bellator heavyweight champion. What are your thoughts on Cole Conrad, his, uh, you know, his performance within the NCAA for Minnesota and then going on to Bellator and then leaving it all behind. Yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty impressive career for him. You know, obviously through college, he was absolute standout two-time national champion. And then, uh, and then I worked as his head trainer in the fighting as well. And he, like you said, he was very, very difficult to beat, mm-hmm. uh, but he just decided he wanted to move into a different path and start in his regular career. But it's interesting to bring him up because tonight I am going to the Hall of Fame banquet as he is being inducted into the University of Minnesota Athletic Hall of Fame tonight. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. That'll be a chance to, uh, you know, reacquaint yourself with so many that will be attending as well. Hey, Marty, I know you opened up your own real estate brokerage after um, uh, your career with Brock uh, came to an end. Talk to us about real estate in the uh, state of Minnesota. The only other real estate guy I ever met that um, I, I believe it was George Mikan. But uh, no, who else was a? Uh, there was a former wrestler, Larry Hennig. Yeah. Wasn't he in, uh, in real estate? He might have been. Yeah. He might have been. I, there's a lot of wrestling people in real estate. and um, Yeah, I just started my own business, and it's been going really well. And I think more than anything else, it's kind of one of those things that I think a lot of people that are in coaching, college coaching, it's very difficult to transition out. You're not exactly sure what direction to go and what else you're good at. Um, I just happened to already have my real estate license while I was coaching in Minnesota, and, and I'd started up buying rental properties back in the early 2000s. And, you know, so I had some experience, so it was a little bit of an easier transition. But it is interesting to watch uh, college coaches and how long they will stick with it. And uh, and sometimes when they get out of it, they, they, they're not sure what they're good at. But after coaching college, you can pretty much do anything because the amount of time you have to put in to be a college coach is is extreme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, even after the season is over, right? The traditional season is over. All of a sudden now we've got to continue, uh, to, to uh, compete around the world. Yeah. And those you are the freestyle. You yeah. Got recruiting, you got camps. It's, it's a nonstop thing. It's really an impressive thing to be able to go through. And I would never trade it for anything because the network you build is, is, is very big. And then, uh, and I do enjoy going back and talking with uh, Brandon Agam and Luke Becker, who are running the University of Minnesota now, and you know, just you know, seeing what they're doing, and they're doing such an exceptional job. And they, uh, same thing, you know, they they put in just enormous amount of hours. You know, and and that's where an understanding spouse comes in. <laughs> yeah, it's it's absolute. <laughs> that's an absolute. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things I feel bad. We see you guys on the road so much, and how much time are you missing at home? You know, that's yeah. Marty Morgan, yeah. our guest, a former University of Minnesota head assistant coach, and now with his own real estate business, it's called uh, Morgan and Trust Realty, and that brokerage office located in St. Anthony, Minnesota. Where is St. Anthony? It's right uh, outside of northeast Minneapolis, so about just about three miles from campus. I was going to say, that is campus. very close. How am- I haven't went very far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how impactful was Jay Robinson for you? in determining that you should be in the rental business. I mean, I, I, I believe that, um, uh, he had some fingerprints on that. Yeah. Well, it wasn't so much that as much as I think he, uh, 
you know, while you're coaching with him or even when you're an athlete with him, he was, he was always pushing you to do other things, you know, to learn other things rather than just being a wrestling person. Um, and one of the things he not only was it just uh, real estate, it was more of uh, business minded. How can you, how can you do this? What you can do, you know, this is how you create an LLC or a corporation, you know, just the little things that you would never think of most of the time, you know, when you're just working in a wrestling department. You've been recognized by the Minnesota chapter of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, that's very special, but, you know, very deserving, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely appreciate that, and it was great because they actually inducted Jay and I at the same time. So it was a it was a great night, and uh, we had a whole uh, bunch of alumni come to it, and it was, a, it was a great evening and a great honor. Now, will, will uh, Jay be attending? Jay will be at Cole Conrad's induction tonight yes oh how cool is that that's yeah it's great and really great and i'm sure jay does jay miss um the collegiate part of wrestling in his career well i would assume so but you'll have to get jay on the radio himself <laughs> to find out where he's at but yeah, i'm assuming so it's you know probably a little bit of a being able to relax once in a while but the way jay was you know he he was working all the time so i would assume you, you got to miss a, some of it <laughs> What is in your mind, and I'm not sure I, I even know this, how old you are right now? Are you, are you 58? Oh, oh, yeah, I'm 53, yeah. 53, okay. Yeah. Um, what is the best part of your career? In other words, looking back, fond memories, uh, can you identify one or two things that you were able to accomplish that really stand out as these are the best moments? Yeah, probably winning my own title in uh, 1991 and then probably winning that first uh, NCAA team title as a coach in 2001. You know, those two two things are pretty, stick out pretty good. I really should say in 1984, our team, Bloomington Kennedy, won the state high school championship too. And that was that was actually a pretty big event in, uh, in your life. You know, when you're in high school, it, it almost sticks out a little bit more. You probably don't know this, but my sister attended Kennedy. No way. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Dad went to that. old West high. I think that building's gone, but, um, he was there with Peter was it Peter Graves and James Arness at oh, West high. Cool. Yeah. Some old cowboys and mission impossible guys. Uh, Marty, if people want to find you, can they look for you on uh, Facebook? Um, you know, honestly, I don't do Facebook. I'm <laughs> still, still old school. I work by word of mouth. Uh, I do have a website, morganandtrust.com. Okay. Um, you know, they can Google, Google me and I'll get pulled up and yeah, if there's somebody in the Metro who needs help uh, with any kind of real estate thing, I'd love to help them out, especially the wrestling people. It's been a, by far my biggest network. Oh, I gotta believe it is. And yeah. so many people, you know, so many people and so many people know you too. I've been, uh, uh, privileged to become a friend of yours and, uh, just admire you for all that you've accomplished. And then you turn the page on to the next chapter and that being the real estate business. I think it's terrific. Yeah. Well, well you keep it up, Scott, because of this, you know, your program and all your, you know, obviously see at uh, many of the tournaments being a, the announcer and all the promoting you do for wrestling has done a great thing. There's a lot of people out there that are doing it, but you've been a, a mouthpiece for wrestling for uh, on three decades now, right? Yeah. And yeah, three decades. It's, it, that, saying it like that kind of makes me feel old. <laughs> because I am well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Marty we appreciate you brother you know that and uh, do thank you for the time today catching up with you it'll be interesting um, 
to go back and listen to this, and I'll, I'm sure I'll enjoy every bit of it. And you can, yeah. too, just by going to usatakedown.com. Under podcast is where you find the shows that you may or may not have missed. They're right there. Easy enough. Marty, thanks for the time, bud. Best to your family. You bet. Thanks, Scott. There's a Hall of Hall of Famer right there in Marty Morgan. I appreciate him coming on the show. I didn't want uh, it to go unnoticed because this program, this edition of the show, really is, um, it does have a a Minnesota flavor to it. And I think you all agree that, uh, with the exception of Frank Beasley and Carter Fusek, but... um, Speaking of that, Dan Russell's coming up in hour number two, as is Carter Fusek. You're listening to USA Takedown from the Wild Rose Casino Studios here in Des Moines. Uh, Defense Soap Newsmaker guest coming up next is Dan Russell. So join us now for hour number two. Stay tuned. Think you heard everything? Stick around. You ain't heard nothing yet. More USA Takedown after this. All right, welcome back to the show. It is USA Takedown. It's where the legends live. We go coast to coast, border to border, and all those ships at sea. We enjoyed the first hour in a big way. I get to talk to my friends. I love this. Joe Russell joined us uh, just leaving Colorado Springs, heading to the airport, going to Lincoln, Nebraska, as um, uh, the senior uh, trials are getting underway there. And I love that, you know, opportunity to wrestle at the World Championships in Oslo, Norway, October 2nd through the 10th. And uh, how, how are we doing with uh, with Dan Russell? I'm right here, and I'm excited to talk with you. Hello? Dan, can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Hooray. Success. We did it. What's the first time we've gone live to Amman, Jordan? Okay. <laughs> Dan, welcome back to the show. How are you? I am doing excellent, and isn't modern technology amazing that we can be talking clear across the world together today? Okay, I I agree with you 100%. I was a little nervous that that wasn't going to work, but Kira, God bless her. What a producer. What a producer indeed. All right, so, Danny, you know, you and I have been friends for quite some time, you, your brother, me. The, uh, The fun part is watching you evolve. You turned yourself from a wrestler into an author to a coach, and now... You're an ambassador for peace around the world, but most notably where you are right now in Amman, Jordan. Talk to us a little bit about how this all took place. Well, you know, it's it's uh, what an incredible honor, and wrestling is one of the sports that connects us to the world. Mm-hmm. You can look at Olympic uh, uh, wrestling uh, governing bodies. We have a wrestling governing body in almost every nation in the world. Wow. It is an incredible way to connect to the world. I was I was doing work a number of years ago in Algeria working with the Sahrawi people. There are people that uh, were in Western Sahara and they, they, they ended up being driven out of their homes and out in the middle of the Sahara Desert in one of the most difficult, challenging places you could live on the planet. And what I saw in the midst of their wilderness or their desert experience is there's life in the desert and there's beauty that comes through struggle. And this, this people group were direct descendants of Beni Hassan. And if, if you know your wrestling history, wrestling's the oldest documented sport in the world. And there are these hieroglyphs in the tombs of Beni Hassan in Middle Egypt dating back thousands of years that have wrestling techniques painted on the walls. Really? And they're same techniques we still teach today. (laughs) 
so here's here's this people group in the middle of the Sahara Desert, uh, living in in uh, incredibly difficult circumstances. But in the midst of it, their culture was so much a part of the wrestling community and a part of who they are for thousands of years that they uh, loved us coming over and helping begin to encourage their young people uh, into something that is part of their, uh, their historical culture. So wrestling has opened up doors into places that uh, many people could never go, but a wrestler could go. And from that, USA Wrestling had asked me if I would be an ambassador for Wrestling for Peace. Oh, wow. And I said, uh, sure, that sounds great. What is it? <laughs> and they said, can, can, can you help us figure that out? Oh, and my. so together with a group of other uh, people they talked to about being ambassadors, we began dreaming and, and, uh, and looking at what that might be. And that journey has taken me now where I've moved. I've been living now in Amman, Jordan for two years establishing a base for wrestling for peace here that allows us though to work throughout the region and uh, um, in the Middle East, in Central Asia, in North Africa. And we're using wrestling as a way to connect to, to people. And this is what I believe is that, you know, if you're on this side of eternity, you're a wrestler because life is a wrestling match. Mm -hmm. Life is hard. And I think our sport is one of the greatest tools to prepare people for challenge. Our sport imparts skills that are necessary to face the challenges that life presents. And, uh, and it, it is a way to connect. And I believe this, everyone wrestles. So, uh, you know, the idea with Wrestling for Peace is, is that life is, is, is a wrestling match, and to wrestle is to struggle and overcome. So how do we as the wrestling family come alongside those in the wrestling match of life mm -hmm. and encourage them to overcome? Now, the King of Jordan uh, is, i got to believe, a tremendous, let's face it, Jordan is a very, uh, it's a poor country. Uh, it's ranked uh, as one of the worst countries in terms of access to clean water. Um, how are you finding Jordan? Is it, is it becoming more progressive? Or is it uh, remaining mired in the in the history? Well, I I will tell you, I love living in Jordan, and I I I have come to love the people, the culture, the um, the food here is incredible. Um, but the history of wrestling in this area is also pretty significant. You mentioned the king, right? The king was a wrestler. In fact, I have a video of him on a on a national television show here in Jordan, talking about his passion for the sport of wrestling and how it was his dream growing up to wrestle in the Olympics for Jordan. And then he injured his shoulder, and it ended his wrestling career. And he talked about the disappointment of, of losing that dream. But here's, here's a, a king that wrestling was part of the tool that used to shape him for, for the role that he has in our world today. Um, and uh, uh, unique history with wrestling here. Uh, this is a, a place where uh, the Jabbok River, on the fords of the Jabbok River, uh, Jacob had an epic wrestling match with Angel of God, and that took place right here, not far from my home. <laughs> Think about that. You know, you hear about it, but you've been able to stand there. 
you've been able to experience. So that has to be one of your top 10 uh, uh, places you've visited. Uh, what are some of the others that uh, people might have heard about, but perhaps they don't even know that it's real? Well, you, you would say top 10. I, I will tell you this. I went one day, went on a 22-mile walk along what was the Jabbok River, now the Zarka River, and I have told uh, more than uh, one person it may have been the best day of my life. Really? Um, just to walk on the banks of that river and realize with the history and story of wrestling in my own life and what wrestling has taught me, you know, I think the sport is, is, is an incredible sport, but as athletes, our athletic careers are very, very short. But the things that we learn in the sport of wrestling last far longer than, than our careers. Uh, these, these lessons that are learned that are, are lessons that we can apply to the wrestling match of life. You've, been, and, you've, you've become quite a historian and being able to uh, do like Mike Chapman, you know, going over and seeing where Achilles wrestled and, um, you know, the various things he's done in ancient Samir, um, Constantinople, et cetera. These are, these are places that are not just in the Bible, uh, but they, you know, that's, it's important part of telling the story of Christ. Yes. Yes. Well, it, it's, I mean, I look out my window and I can look down on the very area where Uriah was, was killed. Uriah, if, if you know the story, was Bathsheba's husband, and they were uh, fighting the Ammonites. And and where the Ammonites lived, I see uh, it's still an ancient uh, uh, site that I can look right out my living room window and, and look right at that site. you got Hercules Temple built on top of there. It's called Jabal Kala, or, or the Citadel. And you've got Roman ruins. You've got... Um, um, in in the in the uh, during the time of Christ, it, it was known as the city of Philadelphia. Really, and um, there are three three of uh, <laughs> ancient churches built on the top of that hill that are uh, ruins that you can still walk through. And uh, it, this place is really truly an incredible place, uh, and uh, meeting incredible people. Something, something tells me their Philadelphia is way different from from, from our Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have places you can order a Philadelphia uh, cheesesteak sandwich? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I have looked and I have not found that yet. <laughs> <laughs> Look, keep looking. Uh, text me when you <laughs> text me when you find it. All right. We so, have some pretty doggone good shawarma over here, though. What is it called? Shawarma. What is what is shawarma? Like a lamb burrito. Is it like a? Uh, do they slice so the meat off of a big round of? of uh, yeah, that's exactly right. You'll okay. have either chicken or or a big slab of lamb beef kind of combination that's on a on a on a big grill that's spinning a big big round slab of meat that just spins <laughs> and they slice it down. And, and uh, <laughs> it's so good. Now, is that where they do you put tzatziki sauce on that? Yes, you do. Okay, and it's amazing. It's you know we 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 live we live in a really interesting place. I'm 15 miles away from where Moses stood on Mount Nebo and saw the Promised Land. Is that right? I'm 22 miles from the Jordan River, uh, 22 miles from the Israel border. I I am uh, uh, I, there's so much history that's taken place here. Um, 
and uh, and yet it's a unique place to be based out of because as you know, if you look at our our news today, this this place is also filled with a lot of challenges and a lot of struggle. And uh, you know, hour and fifteen minutes away from the Syrian border, uh, a few hours away from Iraq border. I'm four and a half hours away from Saudi Arabia and uh, Egypt. I mean, it's it's all right here, and uh, um, it's a great place to establish a base for Wrestling for Peace where we can open up dialogue through sport diplomacy. All right, so here's my question. Uh, if, in fact, but do you have dual citizenship now? Or are you on a temporary visa, or, or how does that work? You're able to stay there. So I have I have residency. I'm working with the with the national team of of Jordan. Uh, I would say Ana Mudera Musara, the Mandina Riyadia, el Etihad el Ordini, on the <laughs> national board for the uh, for for wrestling, kind of the technical director for the national team, and uh, um, we're working on growing and developing the sport here in this in this region and in this area. We're talking uh, with our good friend Dan Russell, and he's speaking a variety of different languages. What? What is the primary language in Amman? We speak Arabic here, um, but Arabic is, is, I mean, it's a language spoke by so many people around the world, but the dialects differ from, from yeah. place to place, from neighborhood to neighborhood, and, and of course, from border to border. And so learning the, the EMEA of, of Jordan and that dialect, which is, uh, I, we, we do say this, Arabic is the language of heaven because it takes an eternity to learn. I could I could understand that. I, you know, I can listen to it, and it's it's using different parts of your vocal cords, different parts of your mouth to make different sounds. I get that, but trying to do it in the correct manner therein lies the challenge. Our guest Dan Russell. Dan, it's been said that um, when people struggle, it's a shared experience. And when we choose to wrestle through the struggle, we develop the courage to overcome hardships. You've been doing that uh, live and on the ground for two years now. I understand you actually bought a house. Yeah, we we are we're putting our roots here, and uh, um, this is a place we're just saying this is this is where we're to be in this this uh, this season of our life. And and uh, as I said, Amman is a, is a unique place in its location and. And the way that uh, Amman and the leadership of Jordan is, they really are the Switzerland of the Middle East. You, you have said that it doesn't matter where we go, whether walking through a city in North Africa, an airport in Central Asia, or an open-air market in the Middle East, wherever you go, you find wrestlers. True? It is a true statement. You know, the other day I was down in the middle of the, the city center. I went in and I'm ordering some kanafa. And uh, uh, for those that know Kanafa uh, from people from this part of the world, it is it's 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 like the the dessert of desserts. It's a it's like a melted cheese dessert. It's amazing. <laughs> Sounds delicious. But I'm ordering my dessert, and the guy notices my ears. Of course, the badges and of honor. I, I find out he's a retired wrestler for the national team of Jordan. And the next thing you know, I'm out on the sidewalk with this guy. And we are wrestling each other in the middle of downtown Amman. People are gathering around. It, it created a little bit of a spectacle, but this this brotherhood 
that happens. I was in Algiers, in Algeria, walking through the streets. Somebody noticed my ears, and next thing you know, we're wrestling with each other. There's <laughs> this bond that comes with people that have been through hard things, just as you said. It's it's a unique bond. The wrestling family yeah. is a family. There's, it's a universal connection, right? I mean, that's how... Uh, we find an opportunity to raise up leaders that impact our community and world. Um, this is an opportunity for you, uh, and you've been asked to do so, to start a women's national team. Uh, that would fly in the face of some of the things we're seeing from Afghanistan, uh, where yes. Uh, yes. you know women are not able to enjoy any freedoms, or very few freedoms, and yet here we are in Jordan, and you know the king, and he's a good king, right? He, 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 he is an amazing king. I, from my opinion and watching the way that he navigates uh, some really difficult, challenging things, I am really impressed with his leadership. I love that. His brother, Prince Ali, uh, sits on the board for Wrestle Like a Girl with Sally Roberts, uh, passionate about uh, uh, the sport of wrestling, as well as seeing women have opportunities in the sport. You've got the head of the Olympic Committee, who uh, Nasser Majali, who is a brilliant man. I, I've got to sit down with him a number of times and very impressed with his leadership abilities. His father was the prime minister of Jordan uh, years ago, and now he's leading the, the Olympic Committee. And, and it is his passion to see the women's program growing here. And then the, the head of wrestling for, for Jordan, the head of the federation, is also the deputy mayor of Amman. Amman is four and a half million people. Wow. He's the deputy mayor here. And his passion is to see women having an opportunity to be a part of this great Olympic sport. So they've asked me if I could help them begin to develop and start a program. So we're hoping in January is our goal, inshallah, God willing, we will see uh, uh, women's wrestling begin to be introduced for the very first time in Jordan. Now, talk to us a little bit about the grassroots of the sport in Jordan, because, um, you know, if they're wanting you to uh, help establish a women's program, and it's been identified, by the way, as the top priority in the region, not just by uh, uh, the Jordan Olympic Committee, but UWW as well, right? Correct, correct. And, and UWW has talked to me uh, uh, quite a bit about, about the idea as well. Of they really would like to see Jordan become a leader in, in, in helping start the women's program, and, and they see it as also a great place to host some of, some of the bigger tournaments like the Asian Championships or, or different uh, events because of um, the political uh, uh, safety of of Jordan in in this region. How do you establish a dialogue? Uh, and by the way, I want to go back to Prince Ali. Uh, was he on that uh, panel that voted to keep Olympic, or excuse me, to keep wrestling in the Olympic program? You know, I I am not sure on that, but I would imagine I would imagine that to be true. Uh, um, uh, Prince Faisal is on the executive board which is another brother, wow. and he's on the executive board for the Olympic Committee. And I'm sure that he would would have been pro-wrestling because they were all wrestlers. I remember my trip to Afghanistan. As soon as we hit uh, Afghan airspace, the liquor sales were cut off completely. 
Okay. And this was yep. on a United flight. Is, um, is Jordan, does Jordan enjoy, uh, adult beverages once in a while? There is access to them, but it's it's uh, also within you know it is a ninety six percent Muslim culture mm. where where that is not a uh, something that they would say it's memnua or something that would be forbidden or something that you should not participate in. Um, but but there there are places that you can go and buy buy alcohol, so it's not a it's not a a hard and fast. Um, law that you can't, but from their from their religious perspective, they would they would say no, we we won't participate in that. So as you travel from country to country, how respected is your um, your passport? Well, an American passport opens up doors, but a lot of the places we're trying to go are places where our passport is is. Uh, a little challenging. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, Algeria being one of those places. Not just getting into Algeria as an American is very, very difficult, but to get to go into the camps where the Sahrawi people are uh, is uh, even another level of difficulty. But the wrestling passport is what opens the door. <laughs> and uh, it is uh, a bond and a, 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 and a connection that is really a unique connection that people outside of the sport don't truly understand and uh, I'm uh, it's one of the reasons why I like to say that if you're on this side of attorney you are a wrestler because everyone understands struggle mm -hmm. everyone understands having to go through hard things and I think uh, that's the bond you said it earlier uh, we connect not in our strengths, but we connect with each other in our weaknesses and our struggles. It's where we, we really, truly begin to understand each other and come alongside each other and root for each other and encourage each other. And, and so I think our sport has a unique opportunity to, to come into people's lives in the midst of their struggle and, and to find some creative and unique ways to help. Yesterday, I had a had a, a, a man to contact me. He says, uh, can, "Can I meet with you? I've I've got a I've got an idea that I want to run by you." And Jordan, back in 1888, had a group of uh, Sarkasians and Chechnyans that were driven. They were in the middle of a, a big war in Russia against Russia, and they had to flee into the Ottoman Empire. And um, there were many that settled here in Jordan in 1888. There's a huge Chechnyan and Circassian population here. And as wrestling family knows, that part of the world is wrestling culture. <laughs> and they, they have four uh, wrestling clubs that they want to uh, – put together a Wrestling for Peace event with these Sarkasians and Chechnyans. Jordan is a very tribal community, and though they've, they've lived here, many of them, since 1888, they will always be Chechen or Circassian. They're not Jordanian. Though they speak the language, they eat the food, they're part of this culture, their tribe is not from here. Nice. But wrestling, again, is this united place. And he said, we, we would like to put together a, a wrestling duel, a wrestling piece, wrestling for duel, uh, duel match together. What do you think? So uh, 
he's going to put together a little proposal for me, and we're hopefully going to be working to put together a, a pretty neat little event around this community that's lived in Jordan since 1888, but wrestling is at the heart of their culture, and they they still want to hold on to to that connection to their 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 homeland. Mm-hmm. I I got to tell you, I could talk to you for days and days and days. I'm just fascinated by the experiences that you're going through and enjoying. Obviously, I would probably be in fear for for my life. <laughs> that which we don't know, right? You're just you... well. I am excited to get your feet <laughs> on the ground over here with me for for one of these events and for us to be able to to really share for you to experience it because I know you. When you experience something, uh, uh, you bring it to life for everybody. Oh. Uh, your listeners get to hear you tell some some great stories about our sport. They're fun, you know. That's that's the best part. You know, we make our own legacy, we make our own history, and Dan, you're doing just that. And I appreciate you doing that for me, brother, because you're keeping it real and making me want to be interested in what is going on and what is being experienced by the people of Jordan. Thanks for taking the time to join us. And now that I know that we can talk to you via, uh, what is this, Messenger? Okay, so Messenger. Now that I know we can do that, we're going to have to have you on more often. So do me a favor. Keep me posted. It would be an honor. Keep me posted so we can make sure we have you on to talk about uh, the success uh, that you'll be enjoying as you continue that long-term strategy and developing programs for kids, boys and girls. And, of course, a women's national team as well. Thank you for the time today. So much fun. Uh, I can't even tell you. How cool is that? Uh, it's, I, I tell you, it's it's a joy to, to get to talk with you. And say so you and I have history as well. We've got to be a part of some pretty special things. And, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and it's just the beginning. USA Wrestling for Peace Ambassador Dan Russell has been our guest. Dan, have a great rest of your evening. And uh, we'll talk to you very soon. I promise you that. Wrestle for peace. That's it. Wrestle for peace. Here we go. All right. We're going to take a quick time out on the live line. Uh, our guest was Dan Russell. And this is a guy that actually is putting it all out there, doing everything he wants to do, needs to do, and, uh, and can do. USA Wrestling for Peace in the Middle East. Jordan. That's the home of Dan Russell now. It's Amman. Jordan. So do me a favor, stay tuned. We'll be back. There's more 1350 ESPN. USA Takedown is brought to you by Barbarian Apparel and Kaldenberg's PBS Landscaping. Stay tuned. More USA Takedown after this short timeout. Hey, Scott Casper with you. It is USA Takedown every Friday morning, 9 to 11. Miss any part of it? You can always go back to our website 40, to, uh, 40 minutes to an hour after we are off air. The show is mounted in podcast form on our website. It's usatakedown.com. No charge to you, the listener. Just enjoy the conversation about your sport. It's wrestling on Iowa Sports Leader. This is 1350 ESPN Radio. All right, so I get this um, uh and I think it's a release, but some kind of a uh, communication about Crestwood's three-time champ. Um, you know, there are potentially in the state of Iowa could be four wrestlers who could potentially win their fourth state title entering the 21-22 season of Iowa high school wrestling. One of them has made their college decision 
on Wednesday. He joins us now. That's Carter Fusek. Carter, good morning. How are you? Do we have Carter? Carter, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. There you go, buddy. How are you today? I'm good. Are you at school? Yeah, I'm just in my coach's office right now, so it's quiet. Well, first of all, uh, thank you for joining us on the program. We've been dancing all around the country. We just left Oman, Jordan, in the Middle East, and we head back to Iowa. Crestwood, in fact, a three-time state champ, looking to um, to make it four this year. At what weight? Uh, 132. 132, okay. And uh, you've made your de- uh, designation as to where you're going to be going to college. Would you like to do it live for our listeners? Yeah, I... Uh decided to stick in state and go to Iowa state. So I just thought that was the place where I needed to be, where I'd be my best. So who recruited you? Was it uh, Kevin Dresser? Was it uh, Brent Metcalf or who? It was a little bit of both of them. They'd call me and text me you quite know, often. You hear about kids like you that, you know, they may get one, um, you know, text message from a coach and then you never hear from them again. Uh, it's not yeah. like that with Iowa State. Iowa State is, uh, well, it's Kevin Dresser country right there. Uh, first of all, uh, what was it about the program that uh, you enjoyed enough to make that commitment? I've, I I like the coaches a lot. I've traveled with Metcalf, been our coach for some of our dual teams around the country before, and I like Dresser too. And then I've always, I don't know, I've always felt like I was going to end up there. But then when I went on my visit, I liked the whole campus and learn about all the schooling and hanging out with all the guys. And they're all, they're all pretty, they're all friends and everything. So it's kind of like family. Yeah. And that, that it does become very important. First of all, you're leaving home, your comfort zone, right? And you're going to Iowa state in Ames and you know, you're going to know people, but not, you know, best friends, uh, you know, not yet. Anyway, I got to believe that I've got to believe that they're, putting you down between 125 and 133? Yeah, yeah. Which which are you more comfortable at? I'd say probably 33 because I've, I've been up to like 145, but I'll probably still get bigger between now and then too. So, How tall are you? 5'7". Five, 5'7". Seven. Five, seven. I'll tell you what, that's perfect for 33, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, you made this announcement on Instagram. Um, yeah. in the old days, we used to have a TV camera show up and, uh, we would make that live on a television news show It's sports programming, but, uh, Instagram and today's modern technology and, and platforms out there, make it a little bit easier for you guys to communicate. Um, how long did you uh, think about Iowa state? I think I've thought about them ever since I've started to get into the recruiting process, like a little over over a year ago, but we couldn't really do much because of COVID last year. So, right. and then I just really picked up this summer and this fall. And I don't know, I've just kind of had my gut feeling that that was going to be where I was going to end up. I got to ask you, dude, are you going to be in Ames tomorrow? Yep. Little football game going on between the Hawkeyes and the Cyclones. Um, yeah, I don't... <laughs> that'll be fun. So you get a great seat, I'm sure. But uh, yeah. who, who are you pulling for? Iowa State. Uh-huh. Okay, there it is. <laughs> Just Well, you know, it doesn't always have to be the obvious, right? Oh, yeah. All right, talk to us about 
potentially becoming a four-timer. The state of Iowa has a tremendous history of four-timers, but um, you're going to be looking for a, uh, a fourth yourself, along with uh, New London's Marcel Lopez, Solon's Hayden Taylor, and Iowa City West Robert Avila Jr. But Fusek, you're the first and only to commit. Uh, so you beat the crowd, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think ever since I was like eight years old and I figured out, I started getting serious into wrestling and I figured out what all the tournaments meant. I think I've, that was my goal ever since then was to be a four-time high school state champ in Iowa. And now it's so close. I just got to, but I can't get, I guess, two ahead of myself, one match at a time, one day at a time. And then hopefully, hopefully that happens. You know, you're not walking into a room that's going to be uh, in a building uh, prospect because you look at the guys that have already committed from Michigan, Manny Ross and Casey Swierski. Uh, And this is, these are strong gets no matter how you look at it. And uh, I got to believe that this is going to be a very, very good recruiting class for, for Kevin Dresser. All right. Talk to us a bit about your family. Have they always been supportive of your choice to wrestle? Oh yeah. Ever since when I first started wrestling, I was four years old. Nobody, nobody else in my family really ever wrestled except my brother. And he's three years older than me. And then when we were little, he would always go to just little tournaments around like gym tournaments. And then my parents would always ask me if, if I wanted to go too. And I always never did. And then eventually I finally did. And I fell in love with this sport and they just kind of let me go at my own pace. And when I was ready to step up and take it more serious they were too and they're always supportive they'll take me wherever i need to go whatever i need to do to get to where i want to be you know wrestling is a very unique sport in that it allows the families to uh you know get together and that family time is so very important and having their support makes all the difference in the world your your first uh high school title came at 106 second one at 113 and then the third at 126, you're carrying with you into this year's competition a record of, get this, Kira, 114 and 8. And of those 114 career victories, 70 came by way of pin. You're a pinner, dude. Yeah. You like that, don't you? Just total domination. Yep. All right, so talk to us a little bit about your national credo, you know, the credentials there. Uh, before your freshman season at Crestwood, uh, July of 2018, you reached the finals of the Cadet Freestyle National Championships. How was that experience for you? I think that was fun, too, because all the years leading up to that, I'd always go watch with friends, and I'd always dream of being there, too. And then it was it was amazing when my first year there, I got to experience that. So that was pretty cool. You know, being selected and, and earning your way onto uh, Iowa's Cadet 16U National Dual Team uh, it's, it's got to be pretty cool, but knowing that you've put in the work to get there, that's even better. Yeah. When you see these national rankings, what do they mean to you? Like Mad Scouts, for example, and the other big boards throughout uh, the country, they have your name all over them. What are your thoughts about that? Is there a pressure uh, being applied, or is are you handling it? Uh, are you handling it well? I think honestly, I don't really, I don't even pay attention to rankings that often. But I mean, I guess it kind of puts pressure on you to be like people think you have to like put out so much and it's, I don't know. 
but I don't, it doesn't, I don't think it really affects me that bad because I don't even really look at them. I just look at every, every match and every tournament the same. So I don't treat anything any different just because of that. Flow Wrestling's Who's Number One event uh, taking place later this month. Are you going to be watching? Yeah, I'll be watching. Well, Casey uh, Swiderski and Manny are both wrestling in that. So oh, that's right. I'll be, I'll be watching. Swiderski is ranked number 27 overall, and I think um, Rojas is considered a number 21 if memory serves. But, uh, yeah, this is an outstanding class. Having been the announcer for Iowa State Wrestling as long as I was, uh, you know, I'd still like to be able to introduce a guy just like you. Talk about wrestling with your heart on your sleeve. You go hard. Uh, talk, talk to us a little bit about your high school coach. Who do we have? Uh, my high school coach is it's, uh, Keith Sliska. He's been the high school coach here at Cresco for I'm not even sure how many years, but it's been quite a few, and I like him. It's he, I think he, he understands where I'm coming from, so he uh, – raises he expects the same out of me as i expect out of myself so i mean i think it's nice to have someone that actually that understands where you're trying to get so they'll help you too our guest on the defense soap newsmaker hotline has made a commitment to wrestle for uh iowa state and kevin dresser and uh, you know i'm just so pleased that iowa state was able to hire him because he brought a new sense of urgency and and dedication and planning for success. And I think that's one thing that the announcers uh, need to get across and the athletes are enjoying. Would you agree with that? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. All right. So there's a couple quick questions. What's your go-to food when you're not trying to make weight? Uh, I'd probably say some type of Alfredo. I like pasta a lot. See, now what we're trying to do is get some ideas for lunch. (laughs) Fettuccine Alfredo. If you ever get the chance to have the Fettuccine Alfredo where the noodles are made from uh, uh, spinach, spinach noodles, so they're green noodles. Oh, Oh, buddy. No, I've never. never. Okay. (laughs) And there's plenty of great places to eat in in Ames, by the way. So make sure you... When you're out there, check out the barbecue joint that's very close to Highway 30. Okay. That's, what is that? What's it, that one called? It, I don't remember the name of it, but it has definitely been there a long, long time, and the food is outstanding. The food is outstanding. I know when Chris Bono uh, would take us there when he was coaching at Iowa State, uh, we always ordered lots and lots of brisket. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Okay, so... Um, I have to ask you about your educational pursuits. Uh, Iowa State is a highly thought of institution for those seeking out uh, degrees, advanced degrees as well. What are you going to school for? I'm, I, I actually don't know completely yet, right. but um, I'd say something like, in, I mean, sports related or like go for coaching or like a physical therapist or something around that. What's the that area? one degree is called kinesiology. I think that's a preponderance of, of young wrestlers. They always claim to be studying or in search of a kinesiology degree, and that's the study of human body, human movement. But um, I'm always amazed how many, you know, wrestlers understand their bodies probably more than, uh, better than most athletes in any other sport. Uh, and, and it's got to be finely tuned in order, in order to uh, put on the kind of performances that you have. All right, so... 
who is it out there that you would like to thank for your career, allowing you an opportunity to continue at Iowa State uh, this next year? I mean, I could go on and on. There's a huge list. I mean, my friends, my family, coaches, my parents, and one coach in uh, particularly is uh, T.J. Seabolt. I've been training with him ever since I was in third grade. So I'd say he's a huge, huge part of uh, helping me become who I am today. Right along with my parents and my high school coach, my friends just supporting me. It's all amazing. Now we've got TJ coming up uh, in the coming weeks already booked, but um, he is a superman for goodness sakes. Seabolt. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, partner, congratulations on your decision. Um, I think it's a strong one, and I know that uh, you can, if you put your mind to it, have fun at Iowa State. It is a growing program with the our, their eyes on success for the future. You're part of it. Thanks for taking the time. Yep, thank you. There he goes, Carter Fusek, going to Iowa State to become a uh, Cyclone. And Cyclones and the Hawkeyes are, are set to uh, compete tomorrow I believe that's a game time, late afternoon game time, about 3, 3.30, something like that. And uh, Iowa is the favored to win, but not by much. And if you saw the Iowa State game when they were playing UNI, I don't know if UNI is that much better than people are giving them credit, but they gave Iowa State everything they they could. And what a, what a football game that was. Did you watch that? Uh, I didn't. Uh, but speaking of the game, uh, there's – going to be like this cool tailgate going on at Cowles Commons. Oh, and, is that right? Mm-hmm, and Des Moines Radio Group is going to be there. So is that right? Everybody should come out and say hello. <laughs> and when is that? Uh, tomorrow? Uh, it start about 11 uh, it's o'clock? It's like 11 to 8. Yeah. Yeah. That way you can get your beer on and get some good food. Mm-hmm. I got to believe there's going to be some food trucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I know the craft beer tent's going to be there. Well, I there. hear ads for it all the time. <laughs> You know, my old neighbor was the head master brewer for the craft beer tent. No way. Yeah. He lives out in Utah now. Anyway, <laughs> we miss him when we also Ironic. Miss, we, we miss the, yeah, right? We miss the free growlers. Mm. He, and he made decent root beer, too. All right, this weekend, USA Wrestling will host the 2021 Senior World Team Trials in Lincoln, Nebraska. Winners of each weight class and all three international styles will go on to compete at the 2021 World Championships in Oslo, Norway, that will take place October 2nd through the 10th. Uh, free tickets for military and first responders, by the way. We encourage you to come on out and, and vote with your presence in your support of Team USA. Based on performances at the Tokyo Olympic Games earlier this year, Olympic medalists have earned automatic bids to Norway should they choose to accept it. In men's freestyle, Thomas Gilman earning bronze at 57, Kyle Dake bronze at 74, David Taylor uh, gold at 86, and Kyle Snyder a silver at 97, and the big man, Gable Stevenson, a gold at 125. They all picked up medals, all but Stevenson accepted their automatic bids to the 2021 World Championships, leaving only six weights to be contested at this weekend's World Team Trials in Lincoln, Nebraska. So those weights, by the way, 61, 65, 70, 79, 92, and 125. The field is, uh, well, it's small, but it's loaded with talent, including five senior world medalists among the six weight classes. We'll talk about that story and more on the other side of the break. You're listening to USA Take Down. It's where the legends live. Scott Casper, Kara Jones, and Gable is in the studio as well. I don't want to, never want to miss saying Gable's name. 
All right. Do me a favor, fans. Stay tuned. We'll be back. There's more as we come to you live from Des Moines, Iowa, in the uh, Wild Rose Casino Studios of USA Takedown. Stay tuned. Casper will be right back with more USA Takedown. All right, we continue our conversation about the uh, senior world team trials taking place this weekend in Lincoln, Nebraska. Who's going to be there? Well, let's see. We go to 61 kilos. We'll start there. Uh, Many athletes are moving up from 57 to 61, as well as some even coming down from the Olympic category of 65. Highlighting the bracket, 2018 world bronze medalist Joe Colon. Uh, He last competed at the Olympic trials at 57, where he advanced to the semis before falling to Thomas Gilman. Uh, in addition to Clone, a few other past senior world team members expected to compete. Dayton Fix, Tyler Graff, and uh, let's see, two, yeah, 2018 world team trials champ, Nishan Garrett. Love Nishan Garrett. That guy can go and go and go. He suffered an injury prior to the world championships, if you recall. So other names to watch out for in that weight, Shelton Mack, uh, 2021 Pan American champ, as well as Nick Suriano. And I'm not even sure if the dust has settled uh, out uh, from Nick's move uh, from program to program. We'll hopefully get him on in the coming weeks, either Nick or his dad, Bob. All right, so now we go to 65 kilos. Despite only six athletes being registered for the bracket, there are a few tough competitors vying for the spot, as you might guess. Some of the front runners of the week include Olympic alternate Joey McKenna, 2019 world alternate Yanni Dickmahalis, uh, McKenna is a 2017 U23 world bronze medalist and has become very competitive on the senior level over these past couple years, including impressive finals runs to the Olympic trials and uh, in the finals there as well. Dick Mahalis, a two-time NCAA champ, as well as a two-time cadet world champ who spent the summer as Kyle Dake's Olympic training partner. Let me tell you something, you better enjoy competing and competing hard if you're going to help Kyle, uh, uh, trained for the Olympics. I love that. That's oh, also expected in that weight class. Evan Henderson and college standouts Dean Heil and Luke Pletcher as well. Let's go to 70 kilos, and I know we're getting close to the top of the hour. Kira, are we out of breaks? Yeah, this, yep. is, this is it. This is okay. This so is it. This is the run to the run for the roses, <laughs> right? Okay. 70 kilos. Some exciting names are registered in the weight, including two time world medalist James Green. Love this guy. I know you will like him, too, as he comes back to Lincoln. James Green, who won a world bronze in 2015, a world silver in 2017, has got it going on. Remember, everybody matures at a different weight and a different rate, okay? So I'm, I'm expecting to see some very good, even level best wrestling out of James Green, representing the U.S. at eight world championships since 2015. He aims to continue that streak. Looking to knock off green, however, is world number one, Alec Pantaleo, uh, who won the Mateo Pelican International earlier this year, followed by a gold medal performance at the 2021 Senior uh, Pan American Championships and the Poland Open. Bumping up to 70 kilos in the trials, 65 kilo, Jordan Oliver. Yeah, that guy. I tell you what, he continues to impress all of us in the sport, Jordan Oliver bumping up to 65 two-time world team member Zane Rutherford will be competing at 65. If Zane's there, that means, uh, Kale Sanderson, Cody Sanderson are going to be there as well. Let's go to 79 kilos. If you will, 
There's uh, a lot of buzz around 79 kilos. His 2012 Olympic champ and four-time world champ Jordan Burroughs bumps up from 74 to seek his 10th Olympic or world team bid. There's no doubt that Burroughs is one of the best wrestlers in the world. So it'll be exciting to see how he fares at a new weight class, which also now includes Alex Deringer, and he has medaled at every international event he's competed in since 2016. A fun interview, too. My goodness sakes. Uh, additionally, he uh, has four gold medals to his credit uh, from UWW Ranking Series events at 79. Joining Burroughs in the bump up at 274, or from 74, is two-time final X runner-up Isaiah Martinez. He owns a win over Burroughs from the 2019 Final X Series, if you recall. And uh, hopefully he's healthy and able to compete at the highest level. Other names to look out for at that weight class, Jason Nolf and Tommy Gant. The field is seated 13 deep as we speak. All right, we go to 92 kilos. The favorite at this weight has got to be two-time world champ, 2016 Olympic bronze medalist Jaden Cox. He won both his world titles at 92, coming in as the number one seed this weekend. It'll mark Cox's first domestic tournament since 2019 Final X. Hot on his heels is Nate Jackson, who'll be the number two seed in Lincoln. Jackson has had a heavy competition scheduled uh, domestically and internationally, earning him the number one spot in the world at 92. Recently, it was Jackson and Cox who have both been training at the New Jersey Regional Training Center in New Jersey. How about that? Colin Moore, the uh, Tokyo Olympic alternate at 97, will move down a weight in an attempt to make his first senior world team. And Moore is 2017 junior world silver medalist and 2018 U23 world silver medalist as well. So other names registered at the weight, past past national team members, Kyvin Gadsden and Mike Machiavello. Though according to Gadsden's Twitter, he may move up to 125 for this tournament. Is... Is he enjoying too much ice cream? Mm, might be. And finally, we take a look at 125. Okay. Olympic champ Gable Stevenson has declined his bid to the world championships. Somebody else will get the chance to represent Team USA at 125. Coming in as the top two seeds, let's introduce him. Two-time senior world bronze medalist and Olympic alternate Nick Gwizdowski. He made his bones at NC State. A uh, very fun guy to, to wrestle, but man, when he puts the mean on, he puts the mean on. Nick Kwasdowski will be joined by 2019 junior world champion Mason Paris, who was third at the Olympic trials. Now, the two split matches at the 2020 RTC Cup with Paris winning 10 to 7, and Kwasdowski won the other matchup 18 to 8. Notice the spread for both. Goodness sakes, that's a lot of scoring. Multiple national team member Dom Bradley and uh, 2018 U23 world bronze medalist Ty Walls round out the top four seeds. There are 11 athletes registered for the weight as of now. You can catch your information on uh, wrestling, freestyle, and this event and others at uh, themat.com, teamusa.org. Look for wrestling on the drop-down tab, and that's where you can find these and other great articles about your sport. That's all taking place in Lincoln, Nebraska this weekend. And uh, you're going to see all the great coaches there as well. Uh, great opportunity to get some autographs uh, and also do so in a safe manner. I would suggest everybody mask up for the event and be responsible to one another as we do our best to do that here. I'm the only one in the studio that doesn't have a mask on. I feel really, <laughs> I feel really, really bad about that, by the way. Oh, 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to stop and get a box of those. Uh, uh, we have them at the at the entrance. Is there one up there? Well, I should have grabbed that. Okay, maybe next time. I hope so. Hey, be safe. That's <laughs> why was that Gable? Go ahead. There is a divider between us, so don't feel too bad. Yeah, a little piece of plastic. That's going to, yeah. you know, germs can't jump over the top They're of that bed. <laughs> All right. We had, a, I think, a, a, a really good show. I want to thank our sponsors, Mullet's Restaurant, Barbarian Apparel. When only the best will do, they'll take care of you. Uh, follow Barbarian Apparel on Facebook as well. I think you'll be, uh, as in, enjoy as much as I do, these uh, uh, Joshua's little girl. She is just an absolute champ. She carries a purse wherever she goes. She has her favorite little wrestling singlet. She loves gymnastics. And uh, I got to believe she's going to be a wrestler too. You know, every room is a wrestling room to her. <laughs> also want to thank Paul Sazinski and Jimmy Sinclair. have been a tremendous benefit to the sport of wrestling, putting their money where their mouth is in uh, many cases, earning, or excuse me, uh, donating a ton of cash to programs worthy, including the Iowa Hawkeyes and their hunt for the uh, new freestanding wrestling facility on the campus of the Hawkeyes. Also, I want to thank Don Boyd and his Five Talents Wealth Management Program, Advantage Physical Therapy by Mark Cody and his Presbyterian College Blue Hose Wrestling Program, and by Hassle-Free Marketing. How would you like to have your own website with your own gear? doesn't matter if it's coffee mugs, shoes, hats, T-shirts. Um, uh, what, what is that one kind of T-shirt called? Uh, it's like a wife wife beater oh gosh yeah that's like probably tank tops? is that a tank top there yeah, that's, yeah that's much better <laughs> wife beater <laughs> oh, no. oh man is, it, is that is so non-pc right uh i would think so there. it's yeah. getting there yeah <laughs> anyway i also want to thank the, our friends at stalemates their next event has been announced we'll be covering that uh next week and I got I got news for you. There's a, a female match for the first time ever, and it features Rebecca Roper. She's the wife of the head coach at you or the assistant head coach at you and I, Lee Roper. She's never wrestled a day in her life, so she <laughs> she's also she's the front end of the uh, uh, Dan Gable National Wrestling Institute and Museum in Waterloo. She's one that answers the phone and takes care of all the bookkeeping and stuff like that. Oh. So Millboy can get his job done. Yeah. But yeah, so she has agreed to a match and they found an opponent for her, both with equal talent. But I got to believe being married to Lee, you, something had to have clicked over the years. You probably soaked in more than she even knows right now. Honestly, but uh, that'll yeah. be fun to attend. And I believe it's the same location there right underneath Buzzard Billy's. All right. Well, listen, for Kira Jones and for Gable... Uh, we appreciate you listening to the Legends of Wrestling only on USA Takedown with Scott Casper and Kira, usatakedown.com, and 1350, this is ESPN.